0: Well, it's a blessing to be back here at Ambassador. I think this is the third time that I've been here uh, since getting saved in 97. The Lord called me to the ministry in two, 2000. I spent a number of years getting trained at Detroit. That's where I met uh, your pastor. I have a relationship with him. And uh, we come into contact with each other on occasion. His kids are at Bethany. Uh, I, I took the kids to Kobiak last year. Uh, so we do get a chance to see each other. You have a good pastor, uh, faithful to the Word, uh, has a heart to see God's work grow, and I'm just in, impressed with him and his family. So uh, I'm that he's having a good vacation. He comes back rejuvenated to do the work of the Lord here. And I would open, or ask that you'd open your Bibles this morning to Psalm, Psalms 42. So the book of Psalms is actually not chapters, but individual psalms. And we're going to look at Psalm 42. And actually, most commentaries would see Psalms 42 and 43 as one psalm. Some of the ancient manuscripts or older manuscripts actually have them as one psalm. And there's a common refrain that's shared amongst the two. Verse 5 and 11 and and then In Psalm 43, verse 5, talks about hoping in God. That common theme ties them together. And you'll notice in Psalm 43, there is no title. It's not inspired, but they're very accurate. And and all the other psalms in this book, the second book of the Psalter, uh, have titles associated with them. So I'm going to read this passage of Scripture, and then we'll talk about this psalm. The title of my message is Spiritual Pep Talk. And hopefully, uh, we will be encouraged in God's Word this morning. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember, and I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go along with the procession to the house of God, with the voice of joy and thanksgiving and a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him for the help of His presence. In Verse 6, O oh my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and from the peaks of Hermon, from the Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and all your waves have rolled over me. The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime, and His songs will be with me in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God my rock, Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a shattering of my bones, my adversaries revile me while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? And verse 11, Why are you in despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him, the help of my countenance and my God. The author of this Psalms is not known. Some have thought it's been David. They look at the life of David. They see his years in the wilderness being pursued by some Absalom Spurgeon thought it was David. But I don't I don't think that's the case. Some would say it was the sons of Korah. You know, that's what's in the title here. It says of the sons of Korah, a of the Sons of Korah. But I would take that probably best to consider it this was a song that was sung by the sons of Korah. They had a special privilege of being liturgical leaders there at the temple and the tabernacle. And it's interesting to note that Korah himself rebelled against God and was consumed because of his rebellion, but the sons of Korah did not stand with him, and God provided this special privilege that they could lead the praise service for Yahweh. So when it comes down to it, we don't know who the author of this psalm is, but we do know one thing that he was in deep distress. And oftentimes the psalms were left generic. They were left vague so that they would apply to us today. We don't have to figure out what historical setting that they fit into. Obviously, they took place in history, but oftentimes they were left vague so that they're more generic. And there are many a times where I've turned to this psalm and I've read it for myself to be encouraged. When I've gone to the hospital, when I talk to people that have cancer or other difficulties in life, are struggling with depression, spiritual depression, this is a, a book. This is a psalm that can help us. And today I want to I wanna look at this psalm and to see what are the causes for spiritual depression. Because they are the same things that cause us today to struggle with difficulties, with trials in our life. And then also in this psalm, you will see, right mixed in with his difficulties, you'll see the solution to these difficulties. You know, where do we turn? What is our hope when we have difficulties in our life? You know, the author of this psalm had deep distress. How did he deal with it? We have deep distress. What should we do to deal with it? You know, we at times pretend that we have a higher level of faith than. We really do. And then the God brings a trial into our life and and we struggle. Now I've visited some very godly men in the hospital. And and they'll be honest with you, that you know they're going through a hard time. They need our prayer. And this is where I would turn to them. Maybe today you feel overwhelmed, maybe you're hurting. You feel abandoned. Maybe you feel helpless. You're in the dumps. This psalm can be a help to you. It's a puzzling condition, but as Christians, we're not immune to it. And you look at others in the Bible. You look at David, a mighty man of God, a spiritual giant, a strong man. And it says in Second Samuel that he uh, grew faint in battle. He was weary in the Nazbees. So even a great man like David or Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, you can hardly read the book of Jeremiah, and he is all over the place. He was rejected by his family, his friends, he had his faithful servant Baruch, but utterly rejected. Not a single convert in that forty year ministry that he had in Jerusalem. And he pours his heart out to the Lord. Elijah and Jonah, they got to a point in their life that they just wanted to die and the Lord just to take them home. In the Scripture reading today, Habakkuk. You see, Habakkuk living in a wicked day. We live in a wicked day. And What was Habakkuk called to the Lord? His complaint, in essence. Lord, why do you allow evil to, to reign in our nation? Why are you not punishing and putting it down? Evil is getting ahead. And the Lord's response to Habakkuk was, don't worry, I'm going to use the Babylonians to punish the evil in the land. Habakkuk didn't like that response too much. He's like, Lord, they're more wicked than us. How can you use them to punish us? Now, Habakkuk, don't worry. They will too be punished in time. So we don't know how the Lord works. And we will struggle with difficulties, spiritual difficulties. You know, godly Christians have I think of Spurgeon, you know, the prince of preachers. And, and you read some of his sermons and he really struggled with depression. He, he was honest about it. You know, and he with the downgrade controversy where everybody turned against him. Even his own brother turned against him. And he wrote that famous sermon on when a preacher is downcast. And it's just a great source of encouragement on what do men of God do? in these difficult times. And it comes. And so today we're going to look at the causes of spiritual depression. And I think the first thing is in verse 1 and 2. And you you see here from the verse, it talks about that He is away from God. He's away from Jerusalem, which was the center of all religious activity. It's different than it is today where we worship God in spirit and truth. They had to travel to the temple. You know, to have fellowship, they would have to make a sacrifice. And they, they had You know, fellowship offerings. And they would have a meal with the priest and their family. And they would partake of some of that offering or Thanksgiving offering. If God blessed them in some great way, they could bring a Thanksgiving offering to the temple. Or or how about for forgiveness of sin? You know, that's where they would travel and make that sacrifice. The burnt offering, the sin offering, the trespass offering. That was the center. So here was a man for whatever reason, he's in exile and he's away from God's presence. And I'm talking about God's specially revealed presence. Just like Jonah ran from God because he didn't want to go to you know, Nineveh. I mean, he didn't, I mean, he understood that God was everywhere, but God specially revealed Himself in Jerusalem. He dwelt among His people there at the temple. And not only was this author away from God's Presence, but God's people, and He was, you know, away from people that could be an encouragement to him. You know, maybe you're shut in, or maybe uh, you're you're working and you can't, you know, partake with the worship services here at Ambassador like you would like to. Or, or maybe you don't have the energy to come out on on Sunday evening or Wednesday, and that can weigh against your soul, and not only was this individual away from God's presence and the people's presence, if it was the sons of Korah that wrote this text, and some, about half the commentators believe that it was, this was a man that was away from his livelihood, his ministry. It talks about how he used to you know, lead a procession to the house of God. And if he was Korah, they did the music. They played you know, before the congregation of Israel. And no longer was he able to do those things. And that weighed on his soul. You know, he was looking back towards days where he used to partake in those things. And right now I'm, I'm active in ministry, and that's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to serve the Lord. But maybe you're in point in your life where you can't do those things you used to. Maybe you were a Sunday school teacher, or maybe you were the director of a choir. But now, because of health or other reasons, you're away from those things and it's weighing on your soul because you just can't do the things that you used to do for the Lord because you don't have the strength or maybe just an opportunity. Uh, but here is this individual and it was weighing heavily on him. And we see the same kind of uh, difficulty or desire in Psalm 27. Verse. It says, One thing that I've asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of of the Lord all the days of my life. I mean, it was important for a person of Israel to be in the house of the Lord. You know That they would always have access to that. And David or Daniel had that same longing when he was in Babylon. He would open up his windows and he would pray towards Jerusalem. He longed for Jerusalem and the prayers that were being offered. And he prayed in alignment with those prayers. So this is one reason why today we can... Experience spiritual depression. Access to God's people, access to worship services, to, to having a ministry like the Sons of Korah, if they're the author. Another cause is the taunts of unbelievers, and this must have really bothered the author. We see that in verse three, and we see it in verse ten. This, where is your God? And, and it's not just one or two little comments. It talks about it being all day long, they say to the author. Where is your God? Things weren't going good for Him. And they were taken and just, oh, getting them. Maybe you've been a faithful Christian and things aren't turning out for you the way that you've hoped or you are planned. Maybe you've lost financial success and you had reversals in your life or maybe your kids have turned away from your Lord or lost your health. And people that have seen you from the outside, and they just poke at you. Where is your God? And I don't think it, these people didn't believe that there was a God. There were no atheists back at this time. It was, they were all polytheistic. Now They believed in many gods. It's really, the taunt here is, where is your God when you need Him? Was the taunts to this author of Psalms. Where is your God when you need Him? And the psalmist was starting to listen to those people. He said, yeah, where is my God? And and it was so bad that it says, my tears have been my food day and night. He's feeling uh, abandoned. And 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 the weight of those unbelievers, the pressure is bringing him to tears. And we will get that from unsaved people. We'll get it from family We'll get it from neighbors. And we start to believe those taunts. The next component to spiritual depression or having difficulties with those things in our life is the overwhelming trials of life. You know, so we kind of see a shift in this book. This this, this going back and forth throughout the psalm. And now it's changing from thirsting after God and how he was parched. To now he's drowning. You know, verse one it talks about this thirst that he has, like a deer. But now he's getting to a point where he's drowning, and it talks about in verse seven, deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls and all your breakers and waves have rolled over me. He's overwhelmed, and and, and he feels like he's he's going to be encompassed. He's going to die. You know, maybe it was the health. Was taken away. And Job obviously was overwhelmed when his health was taken away. Or maybe your house is being taken away, it's being foreclosed, or maybe you lost your job. There could be all kinds of things in life that just put pressure on us, that just weigh us down, that are stressful. Maybe it's a way we're child. Or a child that's not living for the Lord and, and you've done everything humanly possible or maybe not perfectly, but it's been your desire to see your kids love the Lord and serve the Lord, and they're going their own way. And doing their own thing. And 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 that's hard for you to, to deal with. The overwhelming trials of life. You know, sometimes maybe a spouse is leaving you. And how do you deal with that? Is life, as you know it, over when that happens? So overwhelming trials of life. And this author had it. We don't know what it was, but he had trials. And then another reason that we experience spiritual depression is we see that or believe that God has not acted quickly on our behalf. You know, we're in a trial and we pray to God for deliverance, and He doesn't. You know, and in verse 9 it says, You know, has God forsaken us? You know, I will say to God, Mark, why have you forgotten me? You know, we cry out to the Lord. We we pray to Him. And we think that our God has forgotten us. You know, depressed people feel forsaken by God. People that are struggling feel like, you know, God has... Forgot all about me. He doesn't understand. He doesn't know. And one thing that uh, we teach in children's church at Troy are the attributes of God. We teach about the fact that God is everywhere, God is all knowing, God is all powerful. And if you come to understand the truths of those attributes, does God know about your problems? Does God know about your trials? Is God with you when you're going through those trials? Can God fix those things when you're going through those trials? Yes, He can. He knows about them. He's there with you. And He has the power to fix them. But we always don't understand how God is working. And the author here struggled with that. He didn't know how God was working here. And we need to remember that God will never forsake us. This author thought He was forsaken. In Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble at them. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. So what we see in this text, and we'll get to the cures in a minute, is this: we need to tell ourselves the truth that we know about God. We feel forsaken, but then we need to talk to ourselves in this wrestling with ourselves. And this pep talk. We need to talk to ourselves. Another reason we struggle with spiritual depression is attacks from ungodly and wicked people. And I'm not going to spend much time there, but go to verse 1 of Psalm 43. And the second part of that verse says, Oh, deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. It may be the same people that were asking. The psalmist, where is your God? And they are doing wicked things, deceitful things. And maybe that's happening to you. Maybe you're doing the right thing. Maybe you're living for the Lord, and and you are being rewarded with evil deeds. My pastor has a saying, and I've heard it many a times, and, and I come to believe that there's some truth to it. You know, no good deed goes unpunished. You know especially in the ministry I mean you will give yourself for people you will you will be a help and encouragement go the extra mile and oftentimes those people have a way of just turning on you and and saying terrible things about you lies and treating you unjust but we shouldn't be surprised look how they treated Christ are we greater than Christ and John fifteen chapter fifteen verses nineteen and twenty says you are of the world. The world loves its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this the world hates you. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. So you need to remember these things that the world hates Christians. It loves its own. And you will at times be slandered. You'll be treated harshly. But God will not treat you that way. You know, and there's other things not listed in this psalm that can cause spiritual depression and cause difficulties in life. I mentioned it briefly: is health. You know, Job really struggled; he lost everything, but when he took his health, that was heavy on him. I mean, that, that was, and and maybe you have some reports from the doctors on cancer. Or other things, maybe you have, you know, nagging health issues—rheumatoid arthritis of some sort, MS—and and those constantly can just weigh on a person. You know, other things that can cause spiritual, you know, a valley after a great blessing. We see with Elijah and the battle against Baal and the prophets, how after that great spiritual victory. He fell into depression. Uh, Also, maybe spiritual depression can be caused because someone's not a Christian, because of unbelief. You don't really believe the Bible and the promises or the hope that we have. You're not serving God the way you were created to. You don't have purpose in your life. And you're miserable because you're living in sin and you know you're not saved. You have no hope. And that's causing a heavy burden in your heart. I would, I would employ, I would encourage you to, to read the Scriptures and to trust in Christ for your salvation. And once you have that taken care of, once you know where your soul is going to go when you die, and you have that hope, although there will be difficulties in life, you'll have that ultimate hope knowing that in the end, you'll be okay. That ultimately, things are going to be okay. Ultimately, in God's timing, God will honor those that honor Him. And and these are just temporal things that we are experiencing. And just like this psalmist, he knew once again that one day he will come and praise God. And your trials are for a moment. So there are plenty of causes for spiritual depression. And we can give it a lot of different names. Times where we don't feel close to God. Times where we're questioning God. And sometimes these are just eternal things in our soul Lord, I'm trying to live Your way, but I don't seem to be getting ahead. And Why is not my family following my lead? And, or why are my kids having a heart? And the list can be plug in your own trial. Plug in your own struggle. They will come. We will experience them. Preachers have them. People in the Bible had them. We just need to know how do we deal with it? What do we do? And the first cure is right here intermixed with a problem. It starts with verses 1 and 2. The first here is a desiring after God. Where do we turn? When, When we feel overwhelmed, the psalmist thirsted for God, living God, just like our physical bodies need water to survive. The basic necessities of life sustains life. What sustains our soul? The living God. Living water. And he thirst for this God. And, and, and this desire just grew with the psalmist. And you see in verses 1 and 2, it he, he says he thirsts for God. He thirst for the living God. And then the last part of that verse says, when shall I appear before? And, and the Hebrew would literally say the face of God. I mean, he wanted to be in front of God. He wanted that fellowship with God. Ultimately, God is the only thing that are going to satisfy our soul and express the panting and the thirsting after God. Now, Jesus Christ is called the living water, and in Him we can have our spiritual souls satisfied. All the droughts of life, the source of living water, God can quench those things. So, trials and difficulties in life, the droughts of life drives us to the source of living water. Jeremiah 2.13 says, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, to you for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So here were the people of God. They turned from the living God, the living water, to make for themselves their own gods, their own cisterns, who cannot satisfy, not meet the needs of life. You know, where do you turn today when you have needs in your life? Prescription drugs? Alcohol? Excessive entertainment? Frequent vacations? Shopping? Food? Those things will not quench the soul. We need to, like the psalmist, to realize that we have to turn to the living God. Turn to His Word and His hope and His Word. He can satisfy. Revelation 21, 6 says, Then He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. We need to go to the spring of living water. That's the first Solution to spiritual depression, we need to desire after God and to turn to him. The thirst after his word and his truth we want need his fellowship, and ultimately, when we have that closeness, nothing can take us from his love and when we feel that sense, everything is going to be okay. And you see in the early church history where you know, martyrs were taken and burned at the stake, and how could they do that? And how could they sing hymns at the stake or quote scriptures? Well, they had that close relationship to the living word, the living water. The next solution, the second one, is found verses 3 and 4. A pouring out of one's soul. In verse, you know, this my tears have been my food day and night. Literally, taking it to the Lord in prayer. You know, going to Him and, and to be burdened with with your trials and the sense of earnestness pouring out of your heart. I am not sufficient in myself. Lord, I need your help. That's what the psalmist did. He poured out his heart in prayer. You know, he got it off his chest. And the psalms are full of this. And we see in Psalm 62, it says, Trust in Him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Lamentations, pour out your heart like water before the presence of the Lord. Then the New Testament, 1 Peter 5-7, casting all of your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Taking it to the Lord. Pouring out your heart to the Lord. You're in trouble? Tell the Lord, Lord, I am overwhelmed like Habakkuk poured out his heart. Jeremiah poured out his heart. And the Lord provided them with an answer, with a response. And on once we cast all that discouragement out and that discontentment out, then we trust in the Lord and leave it with Him. You know, Lord, I'm leaving this with You. I'm pouring it out to You. You know my burden. You know this difficulty. And I'm going to trust in You, Lord, that You are somehow working here for my good. So a pouring out of one's heart. And another solution, and this is kind of a key solution in the text, spiritual discouragement is found in verse 5, 11, and then in chapter, Psalm 43, 5, the same thing. And it's a rebuking of oneself, or a talking to oneself. We see in verse 5 it says, Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why? What reason do you have to be in despair? Ultimately, we know what's in store for us as Christians. We know that nothing ultimately can separate us from the love of God. That in the end, we will again praise Him that will be glorified. Our, our troubles will be taken away. Our fears will be eliminated and forever joy. We have a great hope. And that's what he tells himself here. Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him. So this is talking to oneself. You're going through a trial. Talk to yourself. Rebuke yourself. You know, have a spirit of faith versus a spirit of dejection. You know, have your higher nature, your new nature, you know, take rule over your old self that I have a great hope. You know, we have a certainty. We know ultimately what's going to happen for us. So here's the pep talk. The pep talk. You know, Soul, this is how you need to think. Soul, this is you know how you need to act. I believe in the promises of God, and I'm going to put my faith and trust in God. I coach basketball, and this year we had a number of come from behind victories. You know, down by double digits at halftime, I come in and I I give the boys a, a pep talk, and I just rah rah and rebuke them on some things. And we've come out and done exceedingly well. They needed a pep talk. I had a boy who says, Well, why don't you give me a pep talk before the game, coach? He says, Well, I don't know what the need is at the time. I, you know, I don't know what the struggle is at the time. And the same thing with us. You know, we are apparently fine, we seem like we're fine, then we go through a trial, then, then we have issues, and then we have to talk to ourselves and tell us the things that we know to be true. Just like the psalmist did. He wrestles with himself. He struggles with himself, and we see progress made throughout the Psalms as he's going through. You know, we get the appearance that you know he's getting victory, and especially when you read Psalm 43. Another thing that we need to do when we're going through a difficulty is remembering God's graciousness to us in times past, verses 4b. It says, for I used to go along with the throng and lead them in the procession to the house of the Lord. And he says, these things I remember and pour out my soul. So he's remembered, I used to, to be blessed. I used to have a close relationship with God. Now God has proven Himself over and over to us. He saved us. He delivered us. He's been good to us. He's met our needs throughout our born-again life. God has been good. He is good. And He will be good. Remember, God has never failed me. In Psalm 77:11 says, I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. So we dwell on the good things, the positive things. You know, maybe you've had other trials in your life. We don't dwell on those. That's not a help. He's dwelling on the good things. We dwell on the good things that God has given to us. And one thing that sometimes we don't realize that even when we're going through a trial and there's a difficulty, God is gracious to us. There are many blessings, even in the midst of a trial. Now, all of us are doing far better than we deserve. Now, we are ill-deserving. Now, God has been so kind to us. And we have something comes up. You know, and instantly we're shaken. And it shouldn't be. We are all doing far better than we deserve. My next point regarding you know, how to get through spiritual depression is in verse 7. You know, acknowledge God is responsible. And so here we say you know, He is drowning deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls your breakers, your waves. The psalmist is acknowledging that ultimately, God has allowed these things into the psalmist's life. That they weren't beyond God's control. That God allowed them. You know that that Lord, somehow you were working in this situation. I just don't understand. They're your waterfalls. I'm drowning, and you see them coming up for a little bit of air. Divine air, But then he's drowning again. He's talking to him. He's trying to survive. And he tells them, you know, God is sovereign. The New Testament provides help in a number of situations. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purposes. So sometimes we don't understand how does that happen? How does that work? But God is working in our life to accomplish things. And sometimes after you go through a trial, you can see how God was working. But there are things that you may not know until you get to heaven. So we just need to trust that God is sovereign and He's working for our good. And James chapter 1, it says, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, God, somehow you are using this trial to conform me to the image of Christ. I pray that you'll deliver it, but if this is something, this is your will, pray that I will learn the things that you'll have me to learn. Not that we desire for those things or I want you to have those things. We ask for deliverance. If the Lord doesn't deliver us, we, Lord, have your way in my life. And then the final thing in the text here, you know, what the psalmist did. Is he dwells on statements of truth. And you can see these scattered throughout the psalm. In verse 1, it talks about the living God. He's a living God. Verse 8, the Lord will command his loving kindness. In verse 9, he's God my rock. And then Psalm 43 2, the God of my strength. So he's talking to himself. He's telling him those things he knows to be true about God and allows him to have spiritual victories. So he doesn't stay there. You know, he he says, "Soul, trust in those things that you know to be true." You know, we learn scripture, we memorize scriptures, we study the scriptures. When these times come into our life, we need to tell us these things that we know about God, in His words. And there may be times where you don't have your Bible with you, but you have the truth of God's word memorized, and that's where you're going to find your solution not the things that this world would have you turn to, but God himself his truth, his promises, that at times we will struggle. Spurgeon struggled. David struggled. Habakkuk, your, your scripture reading from today, was an expression of his struggles. But ultimately, they turned back to God's word and his great promises. So we need to encourage one another in the word of God. You know, God has given us the church and and it can be a great encouragement. And uh, I would just pray, you know, that if you're going through a difficult time right now, that you would realize and remember that ultimately, you know, God will deliver you. You know, just persevere. Just hold to your your truth, your, your faith, your beliefs that in the end, you know, God will redeem you. So I appreciate the opportunity of being here today. I pray that this psalm will be an encouragement to you. It has been for me on many different occasions in my life. God has used it uh, to be an encouragement to many people. I pray that this is where you will turn and you'll follow the pattern established by the psalmist. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the great truths we have in your word that ultimately that there's nothing that can befall us, that We are secure in Your hand that nobody can pluck us out. That we have a great hope. Lord, we look to one day to be before Your face, literally in Your presence, where our sinful bodies will be eradicated, removed. We'll be standing in the righteousness of Christ. And that those that mock us and taunt us will be forever separated from Your presence and from us. And Lord, we just pray that we would have the strength that we need to endure the trials of this world. That we would keep on being faithful. That when we have difficulties, we will take them to You in prayer. And we will pull our heart knowing that we need Your help. And that we would trust in Your provisions. Your Word and Your truth. And Lord, we just pray that each and every one of us would just be encouraged this morning that we are all experienced trials and that ultimately you provide what we need to get through those trials. And Lord, we just pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.